guys, this is Kyle Porter. Welcome back. Uh, this is our post-game show after the Iowa State-Oklahoma State basketball game. Uh, we've decided to, uh, I think, put these kind of quick hit audio pieces, whatever we want to call them, uh, on a different feed starting here in a few weeks. But for now, they're going to live on the Pistols Firing podcast feed. Um, so yeah, hope you guys are enjoying them. We plan on doing more of them throughout the year. I, I think they're fun. I think they're uh, they're they're quick. They're good. They're entertaining, hopefully, and uh, yeah, we've we've really enjoyed doing them. So thanks for the feedback on those. It's it's very much appreciated. Uh, sorry, this one took a little bit to get up. We had a uh, lengthy uh, Slack debate after the game about who in Oklahoma State world uh, we would trade for Zion for the last fifteen games of Zion Williams' uh, college basketball career. Kyle Boone posed the question, and everybody weighed in, and it got heated, and it was hilarious and fun. Uh, and definitely a lot uh, more entertaining than the Oklahoma State basketball game against Iowa State in Hilton. Oklahoma State loses uh, 72-59 to 59, uh, to Iowa State. Not not a super surprising score. It was interesting. A couple of things that stood out. Oklahoma State kept it close, uh, especially in the, at the beginning of the second half. They pulled it within f- uh, two with about 14 minutes left. And then Iowa State kind of pulled away and, and really put it away at the end. But... If you look at the box score, uh, OSU and Iowa State both shot uh, the exact same percentage from the field. They were both 23 for 55 from the field. And Oklahoma State out-rebounded Iowa State 40 to 28. So if you show me those two stats before the game, I'm thinking, wow. Uh, Somehow Oklahoma State, after this tumultuous week in which uh, they get rid of Michael Weathers and Maurice Kalu and Contravius Jones, they go to Iowa State and win this game. But instead, they get beat by 13. And, and the reason is because Iowa State shoots 40% from three and Oklahoma State shoots 26%. They were seven for 27 from three. And also Iowa State got to the line a lot more at the end. They shot 20 free throws. Oklahoma State ended with 11. And, and Iowa State also didn't turn the ball over. This is what we saw from OSU last week at West Virginia. They didn't turn the ball over hardly at all. I think they had uh, five turnovers, six turnovers. And Iowa State on Saturday uh, in Hilton had had six themselves. So uh, a really kind of impressive, I thought, close by Iowa State where they didn't turn it over. Uh, they had uh, Shayok. I don't know if I'm saying that correctly, but um, one, one of their primary scores, he really closed at the end. He had 13 points in the last 20. He had 13 of his 20 points in the last eight minutes, had a couple threes. He was really impressive down the stretch. So I don't know. I, I wasn't discouraged by the game. I thought it was uh, actually pretty encouraging the way Boynton uh, ran guys in and out. They played some zone. They mixed it up. Uh, Cam, Cam McGriff played pretty well. Lindy Waters played well. It's just they're just depleted, and they're going to be fatigued, and they're going to get more fatigued as, as the season goes on. So uh, it's just it's not a great situation uh, for, for Oklahoma State to be in to only have I mean when when Luke Major is is passing the ball to Duncan Demuth and he's banking in threes in the first half it's not ideal it's fun it it was it was entertaining it was cool but it's not ideal for a team that's trying to contend in the Big Twelve so uh, it'll be an interesting rest of the rest of the season obviously we've we've sort of thought that before all these uh, guys got kicked off the team but especially so now as you're looking to kind of develop guys you certainly have pieces Isaac likely is a piece I know I keep saying this Curtis Jones can be a piece I think maybe he shoots too many threes he shoots a lot of threes and he doesn't make a lot 
uh, Cam's obviously a piece, the primary piece right now, and then uh, Wendy Waters is a piece as well. So I, I'm really intrigued. I, I, I'm excited to see. I think Kyle Boone's going to do something next week on, you know, maybe who who's still out there for the 2019-2020 season that could get those scholarships that are that are going to go that are going to come open or that are open. Is there a late recruit? Is there somebody that Boynton was on uh, that maybe hasn't decided yet? And now there's some spots available. I, I think that part that part's going to be really intriguing because obviously he's really good at recruiting. That's what he's that's what he's done best so far, probably, especially filling up uh, next year's recruiting class. Uh, can he add to it? Will he add to it? How will he add to it? I think that part of it is pretty intriguing because uh, they're going to need to. Uh, they've got <laughs> they've got a, a shortage of guys right now, obviously, and that's going to play out uh, even more so over the course of the rest of the season. So that part of it is really interesting to me. Uh, I put out on Twitter, uh, sent out a call for questions. I uh, did not get any uh, Zion Williamson trade questions like we got in Slack, but uh, you guys did send in some questions, and let's get to those uh, as part of our uh, little postgame show here. Uh, first up, we got uh, Zach Finger wanted to know, do you think there will be more roster turnover after the season, possibly someone transferring out after a grinder of a year? It's a good question, but I think when I look at the roster, it's kind of like, well, who are the candidates here? You know, did, did the candidates for that kind of turnover, are, are they already gone? It kind of seems like it to me. When I when I just run down the roster, and this trust me, this won't take very long to run down the roster. You got Curtis Jones. Is he going to transfer again? I I don't know. I it just – it doesn't seem – I don't even know what that looks like from – I don't even know if he can in terms of eligibility. Um Dizzy, uh, doubt it. I mean, is he going to transfer in his senior year? Is that a Jalen McCleskey situation? Doesn't doesn't seem like it. Uh, Duncan Demuth, maybe the most likely candidate. Uh, I don't know what his development has been like behind the scenes. He, um, you know, he's he's probably the. Uh, if we're not counting Trey Reeves, he's probably the the. He's, he's, he brings the least to the table of the guys on this team right now. So I, I guess I could see that. Cam McGriff's not going anywhere unless he unless he turns pro. Uh, Isaac Likely seems like a, a centerpiece, honestly, over the next three years. Uh, Yorin A, I think sort of the same thing. Uh, I, think he's, I think he's a real asset. And I think that, you know, I think that guys transfer a lot of times to put themselves in better situations uh, personally, either on or off the court. I think that's probably the primary reason we would all agree on why guys transfer. And so I can't speak to off the court. I, you know, these guys might transfer for a variety of reasons, but on the court, I don't know what a better situation would be for some of these guys. This is early development. You know, you're not going to go somewhere and, and play a lot more. I don't think for a, for a legitimate power five school, um, I don't know. Maybe you see the writing on the wall with some of the guys coming in, but uh, you know, Yorne has been pretty good this year. He's been he's had a solid freshman season, so I, I would I would doubt he would go anywhere. I don't think Lindy Waters is going anywhere for his senior year. So I I don't know. You just kind of run out of candidates for you know that happening. Uh, I think, like I said earlier, I think the ones that it could have happened to are, are already gone, already kicked off the team. So. Um, it's a good question though. 
Cameron Jones says, I wasn't able to watch the game, but was the lack of depth noticeable? Here, here, here's what I thought was noticeable. I thought in the half court, Michael Weathers' ability to get past anybody whenever he wants was noticeable. Oklahoma State doesn't really have anybody that can do that now. Uh, I guess Isaac Likely can kind of do it sometimes, but he, he's not as explosive. Uh, he doesn't have as explosive a first step as Michael Weathers does. So I thought that was noticeable. And then I, I thought at the end of the game, uh, c- closing out on three pointers, uh, OSU just didn't see. I don't know if they're just not as athletic, not as quick, whatever. It could be a variety of reasons, but they did seem a little bit tired. You had, you know, if you look at their top guys, Dizzy played sixty-eight percent of the minutes. Um, McGriff played. Well, let's just look at how many minutes they played. Dizzy played twenty-seven. McGriff played thirty-four. Likely played thirty-seven. Ane and Waters played thirty-one. Curtis Jones played 25. So it's not bad. You know, those are not, you don't have guys playing 38, 39, 40 minutes. And I thought Boynton did a really good job of both rotating guys out and employing a zone to where you didn't, you you, you could not rest, but you didn't have to chase your guy all around the court the whole time. I thought, I thought he did a great job of that. And uh, Oklahoma State, I mean, Iowa State started the second half seven, uh, three for 20. They missed 17 of their first 20 shots in the second half. So they were doing something right. Um, but then it, it kind of faded at the end. And, you know, I think part of that was fatigue and part of it was just Iowa State hitting more shots. But uh, I was – I actually – it didn't affect the, – the lack of depth didn't affect OSU as much as I would have thought, I guess, coming into the game. And maybe that's because they were already a little bit shorthanded um, even with those three guys. Uh, okay, this is a good question. Chris Haxton wants to know, it seems to me this week signaled a pivot point in Boynton's career. Which direction that pivot point is remains to be seen. Is that more of a knee jerk or is that the reality of the situation? It's a great question. Uh, I don't, I don't know. And I think here's the thing. If you look back, let's say five years from now, we look back on, on Boynton and Oklahoma State and his career and whatever, and whether he's still at OSU or he's been let go of because he, you know, they couldn't, they could never get anything going or whatever. I think, I think for me, the pivot point is this, is this night, 2019 and, and 20 class. I really do. Um, and the reason for that is because it's his first real class. Uh, he's got, a, he's got some legit guys. I just think that whatever happens in the future, we'll look back on that class and say that class was great or look back on that class and say they were a disappointment and the, and the trajectory in year three continued to either be flat or, or downward because if it's flat or downward in year three, you're kind of like, okay, what are, what are we really doing here? You know, but if it's upward, if you're making progress, if you're making steps forward in year three, then you're good. Like you can, you can build on that. And so the part of guys getting kicked off that plays into that is now you've opened up other spots in that class. So you're probably going to add to that class. I don't know how, I don't know if that's going to be, you know, guys that you get laid and out of high school or junior college guys or whatever, but there's going to be more guys in that class than just the four that are in it right now. And so I think that's the part where I'm like, yeah, that's those guys getting kicked off as part of the pivot, but it's not the entire thing for me. It's more about that original class of guys. Uh, Patty in Tulsa wants to know what's the over under on wins the rest of the year. Uh, he sets it at five and a half. That that feels ambitious. That feels feels high. I would set it at 
three and a half. I mean, they've got so Oklahoma State's two and four in the Big Twelve right now, so they got twelve games left. Are they going to go? I could see them going anywhere between two and ten and four and eight. If they go below that or above that, I would be, I'd be surprised. If they go five and seven the rest of the way, that'd be pretty surprising. Who are they going to? The problem is who are they going to beat? You're going to beat West Virginia at home. Okay, that's one. West Virginia beat Kansas on Saturday. You're going to beat uh, K State at home. K State's four and two in the Big Twelve. You're going to beat Baylor on the road. I mean, I, I just – and, again, like we said this last year, right? We said, where are they going to win? And then they go win at Kansas. They win at West Virginia. They beat OU twice. And you're like, oh, okay, well, there you go. But this team just it, – it's just – it's different. It's a lot different than I think than, than last year's team was. So who knows? Who knows how it's going to play out? I'm still optimistic about OSU basketball in general. This year is going to be tough. It's It's – I mean, in a lot of ways, it's it's like I wrote this the other day. It's sort of like the football season, right? You've got this transition year between um, between last year and what should be a better year next year, and you've got an opportunity to develop guys. That's a, it's a development year, and in football, Mike Gundy didn't take advantage of that in ways that I kind of wish he would have. But Boynton's going to be forced to because you know because there's only so many guys on the roster. So you're going to be forced to develop Isaac Likely. You're going to be forced to develop Yorne. You're going to be forced to develop Curtis Jones, and that'll be that'll be good for them in the future. That will pay off, hopefully, in year three, in year four, and beyond that. Um, so yeah, that's all I got. Uh, thank you guys for listening to these. Like I said, we're gonna we're gonna turn this I think into its own uh, separate feed. In the future, I, th- I think we're going to call it the quick draw. Uh, Carson threw that out there. Kind of fun. Uh, a couple of different meanings there, which I always like. And uh, we debated it. Couldn't come up with anything better. That's not finalized, but uh, we are going to move these you know, 10 to 15 to 20-minute uh, little short podcasts to a different feed. So they're not going to live on our main feed. Uh, so be looking for that. You can subscribe to that uh, here in, I don't know, we'll probably do that here in the next three, four weeks, something like that. Uh, but as always, thank you for listening. If you're uh, at a place where you can, uh, if you're by a computer, uh, just hop on to iTunes and uh, give give the show a rating, leave a review. That's always helpful for us, um, just for more people discovering it and, and for advertising and things like that. And uh, yeah, thanks for reading. Thanks for listening. It's, it's, uh, I say this a lot, but it's, it, it, it's always a joy to me to, to be able to get to do this as my job to, to cover Oklahoma state sports and watch basketball and football games for a living. It's a lot of fun. So, um, thank you guys for always uh, tuning in and, and reading. Uh, you can hop on the site Two two other things that would help us, uh, subscribing to the daily bullets via email. we got about 1500 people doing that. Uh, so you can go to pistolsfiringblog.com slash bullets. Uh, and then also if, uh, if you want to become a contributor, that, uh, is incredibly helpful to us. We were able to do a lot of different things last year uh, because of our contributors. We sent uh, a writer and photographer to 12 of the 13 football games. Um, we hired somebody else on to help cover recruiting. Uh, we have a recruiting podcast, just a bunch of different stuff that uh, that costs money, frankly, that is, uh, that is, that is part of um, building up a business. And you get, you get some fun rewards uh, for doing that, ad-free browsing, 
uh, some different discounts to our store and, and different things like that. So thank you to those of you who are contributors. And uh, if you would like to uh, become one, we would appreciate it. You can uh, get on the site and uh, there's a link uh, in the navigation bar at the top. I can't remember what the the URL is, pistolsfiringblog.com slash pistol partners. So if you go there, you can contribute and you'll get a bunch of free stuff doing that. So thank you guys for listening. Uh, and we will be back again next week.